there is little doubt that the end times have arrived. We don't know how long they're going to last, of course, or the date of the second coming of Jesus. But the signs of the times are obvious, as we've seen in the last couple of episodes in this series of podcasts. Wars and civil wars, ecological disasters, climate change, disease, oppression, authoritarian regimes, and persecution of God's church. These are the signs of the times, and we see them everywhere in the world. And today, we are moving on to Revelation chapter 10, which is a really short chapter with a very simple message that answers this straightforward question. What should the church be doing during these last days? So welcome to this episode of the Faith in a Busy World podcast with me, Steve Griffiths. Well, as we look at Revelation 10 today, we're not going to start at verse 1 and work our way through the chapter. Instead, what I want to do is pick up three themes that are intertwined throughout the whole chapter. So let's start with the task that God has for us as a church through the end times. And it's simply this. Our task as a church is that we need to proclaim the gospel of salvation. But that isn't as easy a task as it may seem, is it? There is so much opposition to the gospel these days. And just as problematic, there's so much disinterest in the gospel as well. It's getting harder and harder to proclaim the gospel. But that's the task that God has given to us. Let's look at the text in uh, Revelation chapter 10, verse 8. Then the voice that I'd heard from heaven spoke to me once more. Go, take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who's standing on the sea and on the land. Now, this is the voice of Jesus speaking to John and giving him a message to proclaim in the form of a scroll. And interestingly, it mirrors the passage in Ezekiel chapter 2, which says this, Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. It was a scroll which he unrolled before me. And God said, You must speak my words to people, whether they listen or fail to listen. God gave Ezekiel a message to proclaim. God gave John a message to proclaim. And God gives us a message to proclaim in the end times as well. And there's another interesting parallel between Ezekiel chapter 2 and Revelation 10. When the scroll with God's message on it is given, on both occasions, the instruction is the same. Ezekiel chapter 2, eat what is in front of you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the Israelites. And Revelation 10 verse 9, take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. By eating the scroll, John is making God's message his own. By ingesting it and digesting it, the message of the scroll, the gospel of salvation, becomes part of him. It enters his innermost being. So John eats the scroll, just like Ezekiel did. But the effect of bitterness and sweetness goes beyond the experience of Ezekiel. For John, when he eats the scroll, it is sour in his stomach, but sweet as honey in his mouth. And that reminds us of Jeremiah's words in chapter 15. When I came on your words, I devoured them. They were joy and happiness to me. Why then is my pain unending and my wound desperate past all healing? 
But this is the truth about mission and evangelism. When we share the gospel with people, it is a bittersweet experience because some people will accept Jesus and others will reject Jesus. We can't change the gospel to make it more palatable for people. We can't water the gospel down. We're not called to proclaim just a nice message of a cuddly God who loves us. Um, we are called to proclaim a realistic gospel that speaks of both salvation and judgment. And the reality is that that is a bitter experience because there is a bitterness inherent in the gospel for those who are not saved. In these last days, these end times, we are to proclaim an uncompromising gospel about the need for people to repent and turn to God. In Revelation 10 verse 11, God tells John, you must prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. No one is exempt from repentance. No one is so powerful. No nation is so strong that they don't need to kneel before the judgment throne of God. As Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In these end times, we have a huge responsibility. We have a great burden to carry. We need to prophesy and preach the reality of the gospel to the nations and lead people to repentance, both national leaders and citizens alike. That is our task. That is our calling. And it will be both bitter and sweet because some people will repent and some people won't. But regardless of that, we need to keep on sharing the gospel. So you might be thinking, oh my goodness, I am not qualified for this task. I don't have the strength or the ability or the authority to proclaim such an important message. But that's the second point that I want to draw out of this passage. Uh, when we undertake the task of proclaiming the gospel during these end times, we don't do it in our own strength or our own authority, but in the authority of God. Now, the authority of God is actually a huge theme in Revelation chapter 10. So uh, let's just think about that for a moment. Um, firstly, God's authority is revealed through the identity of the angel that he sends to talk with John. Now, this is no ordinary angel. In verse one, John says this, and I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. So who is this mighty angel? Well, the description of the angel is very similar to the angel in Daniel chapter 10, verse 6, which says this. His body was like the beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in colour to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And then in Revelation 10, the angel is described like this. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun and his legs were like fiery pillars and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion when he shouted the voices of the seven thunders spoke now in daniel chapters eight and nine the angel who had been interacting with the prophet was the angel gabriel so we can rightly assume i think that in daniel chapter 10 the angel is still the angel gabriel and so therefore the angel gabriel is probably the angel in revelation 10 
So what is it about how he's described that symbolizes the authority of God to us? Well, firstly, he is robed in a cloud, which indicates that he was sent by God. Because in Psalm 104 verse 3, we read, God takes the clouds as his chariot. And secondly, we read that he had a rainbow over his head. And we know that the rainbow is a symbol of God's mercy and grace. And then thirdly, John tells us that his face was like the Son, which is a comment about holiness and purity. And fourthly, we are told that his legs were like pillars of fire, which reminds us, I think, of Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. And all the time the Lord went before them by day, a pillar of cloud to guide them on their journey, by night, a pillar of fire to give them light. So here we have an angel of the Lord, probably Gabriel, sent from heaven to earth, who embodies the characteristics of God for John. He embodies power and grace and mercy. He is holy and pure. And then fifthly, God's authority is shown by the fact that the message he gives is for the whole world. Verse 2, the angel planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, which tells us of the universal scope of this message. God is Lord of the whole earth. There is no part of it that is outside of his jurisdiction. And that global authority is spelt out even more clearly in verses 5 and 6, which say this, the angel swore by him him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. The sovereignty of God and his awesome power over all creation are made really explicit here. So in Revelation 10, the message is really clear. Our God is an awesome and all-powerful God. He is Lord and he is sovereign over all things. And this all-powerful God has commissioned you and me to proclaim his gospel throughout the world. But even though we might be so aware of our own weaknesses and our own inability to carry out this task, we don't need to be afraid. Because as God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, my power is made perfect in weakness. We don't go out in mission in our own strength. We go out in mission in God's strength. God has not set us up to fail. He empowers us by his Holy Spirit and he shares his authority with us. As Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, do not worry about what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So our confidence in mission is not in our own abilities, but in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and God's authority at work through us. Okay, this brings me on to the third theme from Revelation chapter 10, because here's the thing. God has given us an incredible task to undertake, the evangelization of all nations, leaders and people alike. It's an awesome responsibility, and we are empowered by God's Holy Spirit and given authority in the name of Jesus. Now, therefore, it would be easy for us to become very proud or arrogant, but we need to avoid that at all costs and remain humble in spirit. And there's two things in this chapter that encourage us towards humility. Firstly, in verse four, the angel speaks a message uh, to John. And just as John's about to write it down, a voice from heaven says to him, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. Now, that's really interesting, isn't it? Why would God give a message to John and then tell him not to share it with us? 
Well, the same thing happened in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, when God says, But you, Daniel, keep the word secret and seal the book until the time of the end. And something similar happened to Paul as well, actually. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, he writes this, I was caught up into paradise and heard words so secret that human lips may not repeat them. And I think what's important here is that these verses keep us humble because not everything is revealed to us. We do not have complete access to God's plans, and so we cannot be arrogant in our faith or our theological ideas when we engage in mission and evangelism. And that idea is repeated again in verse 7. The mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his servants the prophets. God's will is a mystery. We don't know the fullness of his will, so we can't be arrogant when we evangelize with the assumption that we know the totality of God's plans. We don't. The word mystery is an interesting one. Nowadays, we take the word mystery to mean something we can't understand. But in the Bible, the word mystery means something that isn't currently understood, but will be revealed at the right time. So the fullness of God's plans aren't known to us in their totality at the current time, but they will be revealed to us when God deems the time to be right. So when we engage in mission and evangelism, let's not pretend that we have all the answers. We don't. Far better to be humble and accept the limitations of our own knowledge and accept that there are things we don't understand and just speak out of our personal experience of God's grace and love. Be humble. We don't know it all. Revelation 10 is a short chapter, but it contains a very, very powerful message. We are tasked with an incredible mission in these last days before Christ returns to proclaim the gospel of Christ and to lead people to repentance so that they will know salvation for themselves. And we undertake that task in the power and the authority of God, but with humility and aware of our own human limitations. And so we don't need to be fearful or to be apprehensive because as Jesus said in uh, Matthew 28 verse 20, I am with you always to the ends of the age. And as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So thanks for being with me for this episode. I hope you found it useful and I'll see you again soon.